Hello and welcome to the Goalkeepers Union podcast between the sticks. Me, Matt Beadle, here with the mispouring voice of goalkeeping, Richard Lee. Good morning. Good afternoon, actually, mm. Matthew. Indeed, we're a little bit later recording today, we are. so how are we? Yeah, we're not too bad. I've been told a tale by mm. someone and I told you to stop short because I want to hear this genuinely, organically. I want to hear the authentic version without hearing it before. So you mispoured yeah, in a week. I did. Um, so the, the, the long and short of it, that's the expression, isn't it? Long and short. It is, yeah, do, yeah. It's close enough. The long and short of it is that I poured diesel into uh, an unleaded car. That's the long and short. There is a story that sits behind it, which I think is credible, and people will be like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But that's the long and short of it. I put diesel in an unloaded car. So go on. Expand. Well, the, basically, what had happened, so uh, I was driving a diesel car for a period of time. In fact, the, uh, the other car it makes me sound a bit big time, but the other car that I've got is a diesel car. So I've been driving that recently whenever I've gone anywhere, and it's been diesel. So that's the first thing to make a point of. What's then happened is I've gone into my unleaded car. As I've then got next to the petrol pump, I've gone to open the petrol cap, but it's jammed. And I don't know why it jammed. So I was spending ages almost trying to rip the cap off just to get in there. And eventually I found a way to get in. Now, because the petrol thing had jammed, in my mind, I'm still a bit skeptical because it's still not quite as it should be. So then I've gone to get the petrol, not thinking at this stage, still a bit annoyed by the petrol cap and the fact that it jammed. So at this stage, I've just pulled the diesel without even thinking. Gone to put it, This is probably the bit where I have no excuse and it's not great, is that diesel, what, what are they called, nozzles? Let's go with nozzle. The diesel nozzle doesn't fit into an unleaded car. So as you go to put it in, it rejects it. But me being me at that time, I was so fr- like frustrated with the fact that I had been locked out of my own petrol can, effectively. I then was trying to force it in, couldn't force it in. So then I kind of hovered nearby and managed to kind of pour it in from afar, like I shot from afar with the diesel, and it was just about going into the car. But I'm having to do it, rather than it flowing into the car, I'm having to do it like squirt by squirt to squirt the diesel. Then I was about three or four pounds down, and then I suddenly realized, ah, there's a reason it doesn't fit. It's got nothing to do with this faulty petrol cap. It's simply the fact that I'm an idiot, and I've got the diesel instead of the unleaded, which is a much thinner nozzle. So then I did the replacement. Well, actually, then that was the kerfuffle. I then had to go and pay for the diesel, which I did in the shop, obviously. Came back out. Then I thought, maybe I can drown it out by putting enough unleaded in there that then the diesel doesn't affect the car, which touch wood it was a few days later and as yet the car hasn't conked out so i think we're good shambles you absolute shambles of a man you are supposed to be someone really in control of their mind really in mm. control of just what you're doing your whereabouts your focus what happened here because surely you would have been aware the fact that you're saying <laughs> the faulty petrol cap of course it wasn't faulty your petrol cap didn't suddenly become faulty you just lost your head uh, look what I'd say is I, I talk a very good game. Do as I was it do as I say, not as I do. Um, no, I think it was in that moment I was distracted by what was going on with the petrol cap, which was like an electrical fault basically in the car, which is true. There isn't. Well, we've heard fault about this car. before about the fact it doesn't open after twenty minutes or something. Right. So it's that. That's the problem. So yes. In that moment, I was distracted and therefore wasn't thinking on what was going on, which, again, I feel like this takes us beautifully into goalkeeping because how often does that happen in a game that you're thinking about a previous error, a previous save, and you're not in the moment? And that's exactly what happened to me here. And it's all about focus. You lost focus. focus. You completely lost focus. By the way, the fact that the car is still running, you didn't have to call someone out to siphon out the diesel is quite remarkable. Lucky, really, 
Yeah, I then had it, but that was where I had a quick thought. And by the way, I could have this could have been a really expensive mistake. I thought, well, if it's only three pounds worth of diesel, and I then fill the rest of the tank up with unleaded, then the majority is going to be unleaded. So surely it's going to be fine. And thankfully, that's the case, which I didn't know whether it would or not. I wondered whether I'd then go to turn the car on and maybe it wouldn't work. And the 70 pounds or whatever I've just put in an unleaded, I might have had to have drained out. But no, thankfully, it drowned out the diesel. And as I say, touch wood, a few days later, I've driven it a couple of times since and we seem to be okay. So redeem yourself then. Give me a gem about focus, about staying focused as a goalkeeper. Try and redeem yourself here. This is it. You need to, and this is going to move us on nicely, actually, because I know you're going to plug the Dan Abrahams interview that we did again. But this is it. You need to stay in the moment. I always talk about being connected with the game. You know, try not to think too far ahead. Of course, you need to be looking at potential problems all the time when you're a goalkeeper. You're computing. That's the phrase I'd use. You're computing what's going on at all times. But at the same time, you need to be connected in the moment. The game will finish when it finishes. 90 minutes will go when 90 minutes goes. All you can do is be present in any given moment. Forget what's happened previously. Don't worry too much about what's going to happen and just love the present moment. Okay, I'm going to say you've clawed back about 60%. Okay. Yeah, not bad. Thank you. That's about the amount of unleaded I've currently got in my car. (laughs) (laughs) So six out of ten, which is what Dan Abraham says, of course, that he likes goalkeepers to come back and give him a performance rating, but also a mindset rating. Talk to me about your mindset. What rating did you give your mindset? And he talks about that at length, doesn't he, on the podcast that we did with him. That is now available on Patreon. And, of course, there is a prize Available, a year's subscription to the Dan Abrahams Academy. You can check that out as a player, as a coach, or as a parent. Of course, he does three separate levels, and that is on danabrahams.com forward slash academy, or just go to danabrahams.com and click on the Academy tab to read all about that. And all you've got to do to be in the draw is join us on Patreon, £3 a month minimum to begin with. So get over to patreon.com forward slash goalkeepersunion. Fantastic. If you'd like to get in touch with us too, very easy to do so on Twitter at GKUnion. Hello at goalkeepersunion.net or on our phone number, Richard, which is? Yes, 0792123671797. Ridiculous. Not a clue, have you? Not no a clue. Idea. No. no. 07503673020. Fantastic. On with the show. Let's do it. Okay, nice and quick today, Richard, because there wasn't that much football, but there was some very important football, notably in the Champions League. And we're going to start with Richard Dortmund for Manchester City and a big save. Actually, do you know what? Decent goalkeeping throughout the four games, I thought, Mm. in the Champions League this week. Some really good goalkeeping from all goalkeepers. But we're going to start in Germany with Borussia Dortmund and Marvin Hitz because there was a bit of chat about him and the goal he conceded from Phil Foden. But let's talk about the save first from Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, very good save. I mean, excellent play from De Bruyne, has to be said. Uh, But took up a good position, very sharp down low to his left, parried it wide for a corner. It was as perfect to save as it could be. Obviously, the moment after that and the Phil Foden goal, which we'll touch on, uh, not quite as perfect and one that's a bit frustrating. I do think there are reasons as to why he wasn't able to get the solid hand to it that he wanted to do. But no, talking about the save, it was, it was excellent. I thought the set position was good. He was a couple of yards off his line, as mentioned, down low to his left to put it round for a corner. So the goal that was conceded, I think, from the resultant corner, Chris Sutton, have to say the goalkeeper hits isn't a hit, for Dortmund there, he should be saving that. Dion Dublin as well on radio 
five live and this was actually flagged to us by Andy Greaves on Twitter who said that Dion Dublin said the keeper can't see it but he shouldn't get beaten at his front post but that first bit the keeper can't see it that's the pivotal point here yeah it is and if you watch it again and we we did that this morning going through the goals and you pause it just as the strikes being hit you can see that he's not set in a conventional way he's having to lean ever so slightly to his left in order to see around his player does that have an impact? Potentially, because you're not quite balanced as you want to be. You're not able to properly explode to the left in the way that you want. That being said, he does cover the goal well. You know, it is a good strike. It's going right in the corner. It's not like it's, you know, a yard inside the post. It is going right in the corner. It is just the fact that he does get there. That's the frustrating part for him in that he does get there. Despite the fact that he's leaning, he's slightly off balance. He does move very quickly and does explode reasonably well in order to get there. And it's just the connection with the hand. The ball is moving ever so slightly and he's not able to get that full hand. It's almost the bottom part of the hand and we're talking centimetres. You know, the fact that it then hits the post and goes in. So it's one he'll be frustrated with, but it's one that we've talked about before that I would argue looks a little bit worse than it is because I do think this shot does beat a lot of goalkeepers. Is that where the finest of fine margins come into goalkeeping? Because that moment that he just peers around the two Borussia Dortmund defenders is when Phil Foden takes his strike. So is that where the finest, smallest details make a massive difference? I think so. And I think that it's where goalkeeping, as much goalkeeper training as you can do, you're always going to face situations in a game that you can't always prepare for. You know, I can't imagine there are many goalkeeper coaches out there that work on that, get you setting in a position where you're pretending to peer around a corner which how many times that actually does happen in a game of football that you're not able to get that set position as you'd want but you're still having to find a way to keep the ball out of the net and as mentioned he actually does the majority of it well this is one of those classic situations if he had actually stayed set in a a, a normal position so to speak and the shot had gone in the corner and he'd have given it that that one where he didn't dive at all and kind of thrown his hands up in the air and pointed to his eyes and made it known that he couldn't see the ball, no one probably says anything because everyone's like, oh, he was unsighted, bless him. You know, that's kind of the commentary that you'll get. Whereas, of course, as we all know, you get a good hand to it and it goes in the goal. More often than not, a commentator or a pundit will question it. Um, And I say all that and at the same time, I think he himself, no doubt, I'm sure he's very honest about his own performance, it is frustrating as a goalkeeper when that happens. You know, I've had it happen to me many times where you do get a good hand and it still sneaks inside the post. It's one of the most frustrating feelings. Be interesting to see what happens with him, actually. Roman Berkey was the number one at Dortmund. Two Swiss goalkeepers. A lot of decent Swiss goalkeepers in the Bundesliga, aren't there? Jan Sommer being another one that springs to mind. But him and Berkey battling for that number one spot. Berkey was the number one up until just after the new year, I think it was. Then he got the shoulder injury. Hits has come in. The manager has stuck with Hits. There's two goalkeepers now who are contracted for a few years, both of the other side of 30. Will they bring someone in new in the summer? We shall wait and see, won't we? We shall indeed. Let's move on to Manuel Neuer. Yeah. PSG nil by Munich one, but PSG went through. Manuel Neuer, however, what a good game he had. PSG perhaps not as clinical as they could have been, but he made some good saves. And I think it was just his reading of the game. Every time Manuel Neuer plays now in the Champions League, the commentators, same thing. I mean, you could, it's like bingo. The original sweeper-keeper, he's the one that started it all. And yes, perhaps he was. And it is good to hear compliments for goalkeepers. So, just enjoyable to watch Neuer, I think. Everyone was talking about his performance last week and getting beaten on the near post and in inverted commas. But yeah, a good show. 
No, I thought he was excellent. And interestingly, a lot of the conversations I'm having at the moment with goalkeeper coaches when they're talking about goalkeepers they're looking for going into next season, the amount of times, the amount of times I hear that comment that we want Neuer for 500 pounds a week, you know, that's kind of because it is that's the goalkeeper that still now a lot of managers, a lot of goalkeeper coaches look at. And it is the fact that he does play on the front foot in the way he does. Now, yes, we've touched on this so many times that there will be the odd error. Of course there will. But this was very much the best annoyer, which he ordinarily is, by the way. But, you know, you pointed out a nice one uh, at the very end of this game, which you're right, was a great example where the reading of the game, the, the understanding the ball's going to be squared 20, 25 yards out. So he's already, you know, 14, 15 yards out. He has to be in order to get there and make the sliding tackle. Now, of course, in this moment, there's a chance that they just turn around and shoot and they probably score. So this is where you need to have that bravery where, look, sometimes you will get caught out. Sometimes you'll have the very clever player that knows what you might do and might just try and catch you out. But I think more often than not, as in this situation, if you get it right, which he ordinarily does, the amount of goals that you can just stop at source by playing in that style of, of goalkeeping. And I think we're going to see goalkeeping go even more this way. You know, you've seen how distribution's advanced over the past few years. I think that's the next level now for a lot of goalkeepers. I think the level after that will be the goalkeepers that are even braver when it comes to cross-taking, for instance. But I do think this will be the next level for goalkeepers playing as that sweeper-keeper. And I think we'll see a lot of goals conceded because of it. But I think on the whole, it's going to mean a lot more effective goalkeepers. The pros and cons of that, you saying there that managers now in League One, League Two are saying, I want Emmanuel Neuer for £500 a week. I don't want to be negative, but how damaging can that be as well? Because you're not going to get one, right? There are goalkeepers who are better with their feet, of course, in the lower tiers of English football, but you are not going to, to be of the level of Manuel Neuer, of Alisson, of Edison, of Bert Leno, whoever you want to name, at that level of English football is very, very difficult. So to expect that from your goalkeeper, I know we've spoken about this quite a lot before, but to expect it from your goalkeeper and to have that mindset as a manager that I want a Manuel Neuer, but on 500 quid a week, is not the best mindset to have. No, it's not. I think that what tends to happen is then when you delve a little bit deeper, it turns out that there are certain attributes that that team really need. So, look, if you're quite a direct team, then, of course, you don't need the goalkeeper that's fantastic at playing it into the sitting midfielder or fullbacks or what have you, or clipping to wingers. You need someone who's going to be accurate going long. If you're someone that, if a team that wants to play a really high line, then that's where the Manuel Neuer sweeper-keeper thing comes in, that you can't have a goalkeeper that does play that little bit deeper. So it, that's what tends to happen as you get more into the conversation. But I think where the Manuel Neuer thing comes in is the fact that as a rounded goalkeeper, where you've got someone who is fantastic in terms of his shot stopping abilities does massively play on the front foot intelligent in what he does his body language you know you look at Manuel Neuer and he's got a certain aura about him and certainly talk about filling the goal like just a great shape and size but like with anything there are pros and cons Manuel Neuer potentially wouldn't fit other styles of play you could argue but like anything there are certain pros and cons but what I would say is that I think with Manuel Neuer what the general feeling is that I can sense is that he does fit most styles that a team will play. Okay, some quick stats before we move on to the Liverpool-Madrid game. Keylor Navas, because he is through to another semi-final. Since his Champions League debut in 2014, Keylor Navas, 58 games, 22 clean sheets, three trophies, and he's never lost a two-legged tie in which he's played in the Champions League. Wow, what stat that is. Incredible, isn't it? Really impressive. Just another and decent performance. 
Very impressive again. Uh, I felt from on the goal because I know there's one or two commentators that said that it wasn't the most impressive goalkeeping, but I thought that on the goal it was actually a half-decent save. You know, he's got his foot to it, made the save. Of course, when you make a save with your feet, it's so much harder to direct it where you want to go. Sometimes it'll go out for a corner or over the bar or wherever it might go. Obviously, in this case, it kind of popped up and it was then finished. So I think there's very little control you can get when you're making a foot save. But he did make a very good save in particular, uh, quite a crucial save, obviously, full stretch to his right. And that, for me, was the very best of Navas. Uh, took up a great position, quite deep in his goal on this one. But the way in which he got across to his right, and there's a lovely shot of him horizontal in the air, so powerful, right in the corner. Single-handed save, which, bearing in mind, we touched on hits not, not so long ago. Similar type save in that you are going, in this case, with a single hand, having to get the good contact and get it around the post. Navas was able to do it. And he was replaced at Real Madrid by Thibaut Courtois, of course, who kept a clean sheet at Anfield as Real Madrid progressed. And he was good. Again, decent save from Mo Salah early on. Yes, Salah maybe could have done better, to coin a cliche. But still, the goalkeeper had to be there. Decent save from James Milner a little later. A good save from Roberto Firmino in the second half. And then a spread at the feet of Salah later on as well. Yeah, very good. And that first save, he made look reasonably easy, but for someone of his size, to make that type of save isn't easy. And again, we spoke a minute ago about the pros and cons of different goalkeepers. And naturally, you know, a six foot five goalkeeper is going to have certain strengths, whereas a five foot nine goalkeeper is going to have other strengths. And one of the strengths you would say that a smaller goalkeeper would have would be in and around their feet, making these types of saves. How often do you see it that a goalkeeper gets beaten through the legs or where they're not quite able to shift their feet quick enough and make the save? So I think thought this was an impressive save with his feet because he was able to do that and then the second save was more conventional for Courtois because this was top corner Milner this is the type of save that I don't think you see many goalkeepers make for the fact that he has got such a big frame moved so well got up so quickly top hand kind of poured it away didn't he the amount of purchase he got on the ball when he actually makes a save like bad it away almost like an NBA player as opposed to a goalkeeper but really was the best of Courtois and, and as you mentioned the spread in the second half well executed came out on the angle gave Salah nowhere to go basically just smothered it completely and put it out for a corner the spread mm. which we speak about a lot on this podcast too and I know we've referenced Aaron Ramsdale we've referenced Ben Amos as having that unique style of spread I think of it with Thibaut Courtois too. Now, essentially a spread without going to, or maybe we can go really technical on this, but you're essentially making the same type of movement, aren't you? You're producing a similar type of frame. So I find it quite interesting to see certain goalkeepers and how they still manage to differ. Yes, I know they're a different shape. They look different. They're a different size, but they still manage to produce just a very distinctive type of spread for them. Yeah, and a lot, it happens by accident, and some people it happens by design. So for you young goalkeepers out there listening in, something I highly recommend is to put some thought into it. Like, what shape do you want to pull at the moment, the point of execution, the point that they strike the ball, what shape are you going to be in? Because I think the goalkeepers, and it's gone now where goalkeepers rush out and just throw themselves 
at a player. Ordinarily, there's a bit more thought that goes into that particular shape because I say this, consider this, if you are literally just running out, not thinking about what you're doing and you just throw yourself, well, how often do you see it then when they might get beaten low, where they're kind of midair by the time the the moment that the shot is struck, they're in midair. And it's a very simple finish despite all the histrionics and the acrobatics and whatever else. It means nothing. So to actually have the calmness of mind to get to the position you need to get to, ideally within a couple of yards of the person shooting, make sure they are shooting and not going to go round you, and then in a split second to execute that spread and that shape that you want to pull and make sure that the gaps are minimal. You know, ideally they can't go through your legs. Ideally you've got your hands in such a position where they're not, and that's the other one you'll often see is when they come out and the arms are almost behind them and they don't realise because they're doing it without thought, but ideally you want your hands down by your sides, far enough away from your body so that, again, you're creating that big shape and making it very, very difficult. And you're right, the goalkeepers you've named, they're all slightly different, but the thing they have in common is that a point of impact, they are covering a large amount of the goal. Before we move on, just to finish, Alisson, really brave to dive at the feet of Karim Benzema. Benzema did look like he just pulled out mm. slightly, but we can't take anything away from the fact that Alisson, and this is a classic case, isn't it, of when people say you've got to be mad to be a goalkeeper because he has dived right in head first to, to get the ball, yeah? Yeah, I love this. Uh, bravery. We talk about bravery a lot on this show. And this for me was, yeah, the ultimate in bravery. Because if Benzema has a slightly different approach, and actually credit to Benzema, because you do see certain players that would see this almost as an opportunity to potentially hurt someone. Uh, because it is, there's very little protecting Alisson here. Makes a first save. Good save, by the way. Good spread. Ball breaks free. Now, he could have gone and done another spread, which would have been the safer Thing to do but certainly not as effective but no you know, he just dived out head first hands on the ball all he had to protect him was his hands you know Benzema goes in harder he could break both his wrists you know but that's what I like the fact that Allison did that put the team first very much and as I say credit to Benzema that he didn't go in any harder Right only a few games in the championship Richard so we won't do a rundown of sorts we will go through the best of the rest from the EFL and incorporate the championship in that, okay? Excellent. Good stuff. Ryan Schofield, what a save from Sun Surridge of Bournemouth. They lost the game, Huddersfield, but he did make a good save, Schofield, as did Asmir Begovic, to be mm. fair, in the first half as well. Two good saves. Yeah, two good saves. Two similar saves from Asmir Begovic. And I do wonder whether he got a fingertip onto the bar. The way in which the ball moved makes me think that maybe he did. But no, look, Begovic having a, an excellent season and certainly continuing with that. The two saves in particular down low to his right, positionally very good very sharp to get down to both both going right in the corner if he wasn't positionally spot on then certainly would have been beaten from both of them and if he did touch onto the bar then that is a, a worldy save but Schofield certainly did get a touch on his and it was excellent close in reactions again we talk about pros and cons depending on your size and shape Schofield big man and the way in which he was able to move his body maneuver his body in order to get fingertips this over the bar very very good Swansea back in the groove with a win at Sheffield Wednesday. And this was massive, huge, gigantic for Freddie Woodman because he kept a clean sheet and he'd been listening, hadn't Mm. he? He'd clearly been listening because he has rocketed back to the top of the clean sheet club. A clean sheet for Woody and a phenomenal save too from Liam Shaw. Yeah, excellent save, has to be said. Set very well on this one. Interesting watching Freddie Woodman, the style that he has, and he's quite quick on his toes. You know, the way in which he's got a little bounce, and he's ready, 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 ready. Ball goes to his left, and the speed at which he gets to his left, ball almost behind him, and the way in which he gets a, a decent hand to it, good athleticism to get full stretch to his left, and enough of a hand to get it around the post. And as you mentioned, it was a very vital save in the end. 
Victor Johansson, just worth mentioning before we move on, keeping Rotherham in the game in the first half against QPR, a big win for them and a big draw, if you can call it that, for Crew Alexandra against Portsmouth and Will Jaskilainen in inspired form in this one. Indeed, I've got a few notes on this one. So I've got very good spread. He moved across the goal incredibly well, actually, for the first save where the ball's broke. Looks like it's a goal all day. He's on one post, has to get all the way across to the other post. But the way in which he's able to make himself as big as he can when he gets there, get as close to the ball, the speed that he shows, very, very good. He then made a couple of other saves, as you mentioned. The one to his left in particular, full stretch, managed to part around the post. And you just get that sense... You know, we've all had those days when you know that a goalkeeper's in inspired form and you could see the energy almost pouring out of them. And that's what you could see with uh, Jasko Leinen, like his body language, the way in which he was holding himself. You could see it pumped up and a uh, great day for him. Another nil-nil draw between Accrington and Blackpool. Toby Savin with a top save in this one. A great move from Blackpool, but Sully Kaikai looked like he was going to finish it off. But Savin, brilliant save. Savin, indeed, yes. And similar to the Askelina one in that he's had to move very quickly because, as you mentioned, it was good build-up play from Blackpool, the way in which they moved it from right to left, reverse pass. So the way in which he had to get then from probably the right-hand side, as you're looking at right-hand side of the goal, right over to the left-hand side. And it was the fact that he gambled and he needed to because at this point... He's going to score. He has to score. He knows exactly where he's going to put it. So it's more a case of, I'm now going to throw myself into an area that I think there's a good chance the ball will go. And he had to have incredible speed and good athleticism to get over there. He did it. And thankfully for him, the shot went exactly where he predicted it would. And it's a brilliant save. And it looked like it was going to be even more crucial than it was because Colby Bishop had a chance to win the game for Accrington. But Chris Maxwell, what a save this one. Straight down the middle, but he stood his ground. Yeah, it's one of the best penalty saves I've seen this season. I'll go as far to say that. And as much as this will no doubt or would have got the commentary of poor penalty, given that it was quite central, but the point is that Chris Maxwell knows it's going central, but it doesn't actually go right down the middle. Now, if this goes right down the middle, he either catches it or he kicks it away. It's quite a simple save. It's the fact that it's probably a yard to his left in that horrible place for a goalkeeper where if you're diving, it's going under you or through you or in that horrible little channel. So he's had to get there. It was too far out of the line for him to go with his feet. He has to go with his hands. So the speed at which he was able to get his left hand down, and bearing in mind, penalty, you're on the line. You've got no nothing to play with. It's not like you're a few yards off your line and there's a little bit of room to play with. It's No, you are on your line. He's only 12 yards out. He's going with pace down to your left-hand side. For him to get down with that big left hand and get enough to keep it the right side of the line, very, very good, and certainly keeps them in the hunt. Into League 2, Crawley winning at Bradford, Glenn Morris with a great save down low to his right from Charles Vernon and Richard O'Donnell on the losing side. But it could have been worse. Nick Cerula with a great shot, but a great tip over from Donald. O'Donnell. Yeah. O'Donnell, indeed. I love this. Um, yeah, Morris, Glenn Morris, to mention this. Really good save. This is one of those classic ones for me. If this goes in, he's getting blamed for it. But if he saves it, which he does, you have to say it's a very, very good save. because so sharp down to his right. But the fact that it was at his near post, no doubt this would have been a commentator's dream had it gone in. But no, brilliant save. So sharp down low to his right. Uh, certainly showing that, that he's still very much at his best. And I love the O'Donnell save. Really did because it was slightly unusual. I like the technique he used. This might have been one that other goalkeepers go with their top hand, their right hand, as they dive to their left. But I don't know if you save it with a top hand. So the fact that he's gone with his left hand and it's the movement in the air. So if you can imagine, I'll try and paint a picture as I'm, as I'm talking, he's dived to his left, 
got a hand to it, but realised that just a conventional hand might take might not take it round the post or over. In the same way that we saw Edison, for instance. In fact, we didn't really touch on on that, but the way in which he wasn't quite able to get enough of a hand to get Bellingham shot either wide or over. What O'Donnell does here, which I really like, is he almost twists his body in midair to then change the shape of his hand and then get enough purchase to get it up and over. Just love the technique that he used. Over to the game between Harrogate and Leighton Orient. And we spoke about playing out from the back earlier. It is harder in the lower leagues because of the state of the pitches. And if you look at Harrogate's pitch, if you look at Barrow's pitch, wow. Mm. It is just so difficult for a goalkeeper to be playing on those pitches. And the first two goals kind of showed that. Connor Wilkinson for Leighton Orient. Dan Jones for Harrogate. Both James Belshaw and Lawrence Vigaru struggling. Yeah, I, and, and I want to go easy on both of them because of exactly that. I think that you're watching it. You can see the amount of sand that's on the pitch and both of these goals for different reasons. The first one, they actually you can actually see the way in which it's bounced. As it's hit the turf, it's just died and just rolled through. Now, that's not to say that Belshaw isn't a little bit disappointed. You can see from his initial reaction that he feels he could have done slightly better. Uh, the only question mark I might have is whether he was a tiny bit too advanced, potentially. But I do think that the strike has moved a bit. It's not kicked up off the turf. So, again, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because I think it is a dreadful pitch. And similarly, with Lawrence Vigarou made a great penalty save, by the way, and several really good saves in this game. Generally, uh, very good again. But he'll be frustrated with the goal because it's one that I just don't think he's quite read the bounce off the pitch doesn't look like he's quite got his footing in the way in which he would have wanted to and able to explode and it just looks a bit strange he isn't quite able to claw it out as it hits the sand and then goes towards the center of the goal Uh, but as I say I'm going to give him both the benefit of the doubt given the state of the pitch yeah great save from Jack Moore doing the penalty I think that's his second in the space of a few weeks isn't it penalties yeah I think it is but it was very good save and he actually gave him uh, a little bit extra to aim at he went for the technique it looked like a little bit extra to aim at then he got himself back into the middle then there was a little gesture to his left to say look I think you go in there and then of course he goes full stretch and makes it look comfortable mind tricks there you go goalkeeper Jedi mind tricks a couple of funny moments to finish off the podcast with first off Scunthorpe's Rory Watson quite a comical passage of play this playing out from the back it wasn't so much Watson but the centre-back who absolutely for want of a better word himself yeah he did it was that moment where the ball's coming to him and you could see there was just terror terror in his eyes didn't know what to do and he's kind of swung his foot and ended up putting through one of the opposition players in fairness it's a very good save from Watson he comes out spreads well just goes wide of the post brilliant spread brilliant save but but this is it you know obviously goalkeepers and managers want goalkeepers to play out they want their defenders to be comfortable with the ball but sometimes there's nothing worse of course if you're a defender and the goalkeeper's giving you the ball and you've got your back to play and you can't really see what's going on and you hear the cries and of you man hear on, the cries what of happened man in on, this scenario he's effectively just swung it looked like he just swung to get it out of there but but wasn't able to uh, and i know what the other funny moment is and it's a very positive moment for matthew jilks and a very positive moment for bolton i think it is indeed yes bolton winning at salford And actually, the curse of GKU strikes again, because what did I reference around this time last week? Do you remember? Go on. The only team in English football to have not lost a game at home so far this season. Ah, of course. It was Salford. And they have now. And I'm sure they'll be a little bit frustrated on this one, because be interested to know what Matthew Jilks thinks of this, who, again, solid again, clean sheet. They're looking very good now for promotion. Obviously, nice little gap in that top three. Uh, 
And yeah, this was one of those moments, ball crossed to the far post, and he's gone with a slightly unconventional style because he realises he can't have his hands over his head to take it. He's got a, almost like you're an NFL wide receiver having to catch a ball over your head. The problem is he's not able to hold it. The ball drops. His momentum then takes him into the man in front of him. His arms are out in front of him because he's trying to catch the ball, and effectively he's bear-hugged one of their players to the ground. So it does look at first glance, like a pretty obvious penalty. So without having seen any of the interviews or anything afterwards, my gut says that Salford would have been a little bit disappointed with this. It does look on first glance and second glance and third glance yeah. and so on. Yeah. I'm to, but like I say, do you know what? Goalkeepers get enough stick. When something goes our way, let's take it. And fantastic win this for Matthew Jilks and Bolton. Agreed. Agreed. Richard, thank you. Matthew, thank you. We're going to finish, actually, with the man of the moment, Will Jasker Linen. okay? So ah. you can have a little rest. Okay, he can do my job. This has been the Goalkeepers Union podcast between the sticks. Keepers. Whoa!